0: It is so good. So good to see everybody now. Thank you. And Pastor uh, Dwight, is so good. Thank you so much for helping me. Last Sunday, we enjoyed it. They said you did an awesome job. Amen. And um, thank you. Thank you so much. It's also so good to have my daughter. Grace, back with us from San Antonio. (laughs) Sometimes I wonder, she's so far away. Is she really part of us anymore? She don't come to us. (laughs) She don't visit as much as I want anymore. You want to have her? But we love you, Grace. So good to have you. I told her, I think it was uh, Saturday. And uh, I was thinking, I said, wow, evening is coming. All the boys who Come back home. I feel so good. <laughs> and all the children at home again. She ignored me. Such <laughs> joy. Amen. Today I want to uh, go ahead and uh, preach the same message I preached on on Wednesday, which I don't normally do, but I like. I think I should go back there because I think it's very important. And uh, I want to go ahead. Uh, If you were here on Wednesday, you most likely would not hear the same thing. I don't know how these things work. (laughs) But you prepare and let God do what he wants to do. Amen. So please stand up. I haven't forgotten. (laughs) The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, I title this message, The Power of a Good Conscience. The Power of a Good Conscience. This is such an important message, as far as I'm concerned, because there are so many people That are in the church today that have become prisoners of war because they will not maintain a good conscience. There are so many wounded believers today in the church walking wounded because of this same issue, not maintaining a good conscience before God. We have to recognize the power of conscience for us believers. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14, it says, Pursue peace with all people. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue peace with all people. And holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. In other words, run after peace. Do whatever it takes to have peace with everybody. And then maintain holiness. And it says, without which no one will see the Lord. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, it tells us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The purity of heart is so important to the Lord today. And you see Christians, is basically, they just do what they want to do. It's the way they feel, how they feel, nobody really cares. This is about heaven. This is about seeing God. It's not how you feel, it's about living a life for God. We have to live a life That is holy before God. We're not perfect. But God's demanding holiness. Not perfection. Holiness. Having to have to pursue peace with everybody. As much as is possible to pursue peace with all. Now in Romans chapter 12 beginning from verse 10. It says be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love for Christians. Not just affection, this to be affectionate. He says, kindly affectionate. There's got to be some kindness there. For your Christian brother and your Christian sister. There's got to be some affection there. Sometimes it seems as if Christians are at war with one another. No, we are part of the same family. We belong to the same household. I must look for your betterment. I must look for your good. Because we are part of the same family. You just heard me speak about my children. I want the best for them. Because we are members of the same family. That's the way God wants it. He says you got to pursue after it. I mean don't sit there. Don't wait for it to come to you. Pursue after peace. Brotherly kindness. He says. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. In honor, giving preference. In other words, I ought to honor my Christian brother. I should prefer if it's something available and it's just one, I would rather you have it than me having it. You see, there are two forces on earth. The force of selfishness and the force of love. Selfishness will only look for self. What's good for me, not what's good for the church, not what's good for the Christian brothers, is what I get out of it. I went to church today, I got nothing out of it. What did you give? It's about what you give to make the other better. That's what it is. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor. I should honor my Christian brother. He didn't say when they are doing well, hey, hello. It doesn't matter how, how, where, how, where they are. He, you still honor them. And when you honor them because God said so, guess who you're honoring? You're honoring him, not for their sake, but for his sake. And God said, those who honor me, I will honor. I like to see the one that God has chosen to honor, well, honor see what's going on in your life. Something good. In preference, preferring the other one, in other words, yielding to the other one. We're not competing. Sometimes I feel like Christians are competing. Sometimes I feel like churches are competing. Sometimes I feel like pastors are competing. They're competing about how well you're doing. We're in the same game together. We're on the same side. If you're doing well, I'm doing well. I'm praying for you to do well so that I can be doing well as well. We're not competing. We're working together for the same master. Pray for me and I pray for you. You're doing well and I'm doing well. You can claim you're a big shot, but yeah, all of those people, they are not really yours. They belong to him. We're all in the same team. You win, I win. But that's the way Satan wants it. So we should prefer the other. In verse 16, it says, be of the same mind towards one another. The same mind. Do not set your mind on high things. Sometimes in the church I see people, they get so spiritual, I call them super spiritual believers. They look down on everybody else, sometimes including pastor. Hello. And it's just the way it is. But the true thing, because I've been in this for a while, by the grace of God, when I see a person behaving that way, what I see is immaturity. You don't understand You really don't understand because if you do, you will be approachable. People should be wanting to come close to you. As opposed to, wow, I don't want to talk to this person because, you know, they're really spiritual. You're not more spiritual than Jesus. (laughs) Sinners were hanging all over him all the time. They wanted to be with him. They wanted to be close to him. They were not afraid to be in his presence. Even the tax collector was not afraid. They loved to be in, the, in His presence. So for me as a pastor, if they don't, they're afraid to come to me. I got, I have a problem. Hello, I have a problem. They should want to be with me. They should want to talk to me. They should, I should be approachable. You can't be bigger than Jesus. They disagreed with him in some of his statements. And he said, we don't know where you're going. After Jesus has made a statement, you know where I'm going and the way you know. He said, hey, hold it. We don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And that's where we get the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because they were not afraid to speak their mind to the Lord of the universe. They felt comfortable in his presence. The holiest of all. Yet, they were comfortable. So when you read in the scriptures, he says, don't mind high things. Don't set your mind on high things. But associate with the humble. In other words, those that you think are not doing very well. Those are the ones that need you. Those are the ones that you stay with. You can't separate yourself and say, well, these guys are not doing so well. They don't have a heart for God. No, no, no. That's who you want to help. That's the one that needs you. Let God open your eyes to see that they need your ministry. So you can pull them up to be in your place. And when you start doing that, God will start downloading upon your life. Because he needs you to reach out to these people. That's the truth of the word of God. It's so important. Sometimes I hear, I can't go to that because it's too (laughs) carnal. Why don't you join them and get more carnal? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Why don't you join them and pull them up? Amen? To a better place. That's what Jesus did. He came from heaven to join us. Even in our own place. And he brought us up. He brought us up. When you see the need, especially when God opens your eyes to see that they are not up, that's an indication that he's calling you to do something about it. That's what the issue is. But if you go the other way, Satan will walk on your conscience. And your conscience will become defiled. Please, the scripture is so clear. I'm a pastor, I speak the truth by the grace of God. And I pray that God will open all of our eyes today. The world needs us. We are not separate from them. Even the homosexuals and all of that. Yes, I don't like what they do. And won't say it's okay. But they need me. Hello. They need me. They need the truth. Spoken to them. In love. In love. No, we are going to stone you brother. No, we're gonna love you, brother, because the Bible says love never fails. We still love them. Don't have to agree, but I can still love them. I can still sit with them and eat and tell them the truth. Be of the same mind. Believe us in the church, be of the same mind. Don't mind high things. Don't be, it says, associate with those who are humble. In other words, he's not saying they're humble. Well, God lifts up the humble, but the humble, it seems like they're failing. That's what he's saying. But stay with them. Don't avoid them. Stay with them. Try to pull them up. That's what he's saying. Do not be wise in your own opinion. In other words, I got it. No. Help. That's what God is needing. He says, repay no one evil for, li- for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. This is the scripture I was finally coming to. If it is possible. Sometimes it's not possible. But if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, if you can do something with it, about it, live peaceably with all people. Back to the same scripture. Live peaceably with all people. Everyone is not going to like you. <laughs> Hello. Accept it. For me as a pastor, I see it. Some like, so don't. Some like me for a few days and they change their mind after a few days. <laughs> can I do something about it? I hope I can persuade them to like me again. But sometimes you just can't do it. Hey, everyone didn't like Jesus when he was here. Or oh, they didn't like him. They, so they felt, some of them felt he should be killed. That's how bad it was. They said, he's the Messiah. they said, yeah, but he deceived the people. That's the way they felt. They were going to kill him. Just accept it as a human being. Everybody's not going to like you. Accept that. and But after that, do your best to like everybody because you are a believer, amen. Like everybody, even though everybody don't like you, but you're doing the kingdom of God something good when you show the love, amen. That's the way it's supposed to be. Live peaceably. Now we have to recognize we, those of us that are born again, we are from another kingdom. Yes, your flesh was born here, but you are really from another kingdom. You are a spirit man. When Adam was in the garden, he lived. His spirit had control over everything he did because he was created in the image of God. He was like God and God is a spirit. So Adam was a spirit man. So his senses had no control over him. He had control over everything because he was in the image of God and God had given him authority over everything. He had no reason to be afraid of any animal in the garden or outside the garden. He had perfect control of everything. He didn't need his senses for survival. He was a spirit man. But then he was born again after he sinned before he sinned he had the divine nature the image of god he had divine nature in him he was just like god because he was created by god but after he sinned his nature changed he took on the nature of the enemy for and for everyone who is not born again By the Lord Jesus Christ, your spirit hasn't been born. You still have that same Adamic nature after he sinned. No one can demand from you to be holy. You cannot. Because that's who you are. A sinner. If you are an American, you are an American. Nothing about that is going to be changed. Whether you are a good American or a bad American, you're still an American. If you are a sinner, you are a sinner. Whether you are a good sinner or a bad sinner, you are still a sinner. You need to be born again. To be recreated. A lot of people don't understand. It's not about what you do. It's about the new birth. Amen. The new birth from heaven. Jesus giving you birth in your spirit man. Adam, after he sinned, he had to survive. His spirit man was not controlling him anymore. He was a dead spirit. And now he was living in an hostile world. And he needed his five senses uh, for survival. You know, if you touch something, you taste something, and it doesn't taste good, or it tastes really sour, or rotten, or something, what do you do? Would you still eat that stuff? No. You know what? Survival. You need that sense to survive. If you see fire, and you feel the heat, you're not going to put your hand in there. It's called survival. Adam needed his five senses to help him to survive in an hostile world. Because his spirit was no longer in control. But even his dead spirit had conscience. His dead spirit had a conscience. Uh, Many of us know when we were young, even before you were born again... Your mother puts up a cookie jar there and says, you better not go there, right? And it seems like whenever mama says, don't do that, that's what the kids, what, what's up there? They want to get in there. Now, the first day they eat something from that cookie jar, they're terrified by what they've done, right? They're watching mama, make sure mama doesn't know notice something is missing from the cookie jar. They're feeling so bad. That's the conscience. They had a conscience even after their sin. The reason because sin brought to us the knowledge of good and you know it. Even though you're doing what's wrong, you know it's wrong, you just can't stop yourself. And for some reason you seem to enjoy what's wrong. That's this whole situation. The conscience was still there. Now what am I why am I saying this? The conscience is the umpire of your life with regards to how you live, good or bad life. When you do something wrong, your conscience tells you that's not a right thing to do. Even a word, when you say a word that's not right, your conscience says you shouldn't have said that to him. That's the conscience. Unbelievers have a conscience as well. And you can read that in the scriptures. Romans chapter 2 verse 14. It says, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things uh, in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. Who show the work of the law written in their hearts. Now notice the next word. Their conscience. The word conscience. Their conscience also bearing witness. So, the conscience speaks, right? The conscience is the voice of your spirit. Amen? The conscience is the voice of your spirit. He's the umpire. He'll let you know that's accepted, that's not right. But even unbelievers have that. Before they're born again, they still have a conscience. Otherwise, everyone will be dead they just kill and not feel anything. Unbelievers know it's wrong to kill. They know it. He says, so the conscience is there for them. Their conscience also bearing witness, you know, that was speaking to them, and between themselves and their thoughts. So the conscience, he speaks to their thoughts, their minds. They're thinking about it. Excusing or accusing them. So the conscience has a way of doing that. But for us Christians, God has given to us what the Bible refers to as a good conscience. Once you are born again, you no longer have just a conscience. You are given by the Holy Spirit what the Bible refers to as a good conscience. Not the one of the old, but a new one. That God has given to you in your new birth. If you are not born again, you don't have this. And I guarantee you, you are not going to heaven. That's the truth. Until you are born again, you will not inherit a good conscience. But if you are born again this morning, you have a good conscience. And your good conscience is, your, um, is the umpire of your Christian walk with God. So that your walk is acceptable before God. And God says I want you to maintain that good conscience. If you don't, you may never see Christ in peace. That's what the scripture says, tells us. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5 and 6. I like to use scriptures, you know. I just not, I don't want to just pick one scripture and just have a whole sermon. To me, uh, uh-uh. I need to see what the word says. It's not my opinion, but what God says. Because you cannot argue with what God says. People have their opinions. God has no obligation to confirm their opinions. And sometimes their opinion is well welcomed by the world. But they may be of the world. Because the world will welcome their Opinion because it's of the world. But people fight the word of God. And so we need to know the truth. Because that's the only thing that can transform our lives. If we accept the word. Look at what it says. Now the purpose of the commandments is what? Love. The reason God gave the ten commandments and every commandment, the purpose is what? Love. We can stop just there. if you are a christian and you're living for god does your wife feel love so what's the purpose of going to church then what about your children what about your co-workers the purpose of the commandment is what love love that's what jesus said for us to have that's the one who is pure before God. Love. There abides faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these are love. Love. The purpose of the commandment is love. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your strength, your soul. And the second command That's the first commandment. And the second commandment. Love your neighbor on yourself. And Jesus said, on these two commandments, hangs the law and the prophet. So, the purpose of the law of God is what? That's all God wants. Love. Love. It's funny today, you see a Christian, I love God, but I can't stand that fellow. (laughs) He's made in the image of God, how come you can't stand him? You can know it's not living right, it's not doing things right, but you're not supposed to hate him. The Bible says, if you hate, you're a murderer. So we need to put everything in perspective. So the purpose of the commandment is what love from what a pure heart. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26, God says, A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit I will put within you. So God has to give you a new heart. Until you have that new heart, you can't have a pure heart. God said, I will take that stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. This is the new birth. You are not just, You have not been refurbished, so to speak. (laughs) You are a new individual. It's like a new... God forgive me for using this one. It's like a new furniture here. Something brand new. Was not there. God gave it to you. And for those of us here this morning, if you want a new heart, God says, I want to give you a new heart. He wants to give that to you today. The problem is not whether God wants to do that. The problem is whether you want to receive it. And if you want to receive a new heart today, I guarantee you, God cannot lie. You will, have, you will walk out of this sanctuary with a new heart from God. Because God said, I will give you a a new heart. A new heart also, I will give you. And a new spirit, I will put in your flesh. So there is flesh and there is spirit. And we're not talking about that heart that's pounding and pumping the the, the blood. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about the heart that's the the center of your being. That's your heart. God says He wants to give you a new one. That new spirit. The dead one came from Adam with the nature of Adam. But this new one is like the Lord Jesus Himself. A new spirit, a new DNA in your spirit that transforms your life. But it has to be from a pure heart and whatness, And from a good conscience. The purpose of the law, back to First Timothy. The purpose of the law or the commandment is love from a pure heart and a good conscience. So just because your heart is pure, that's not good enough if your conscience is bad or defiled. So that's the purpose. From a good conscience and from sincere faith. Notice what he says. From which some have been strayed. All of this, they strayed away from that. They no longer maintain a good conscience. The pure heart is out of the way. What did it make? They strayed and have turned aside to just talk, idle talk. The spiritual talk, we know all of that. We just talk about all those things, but that's not what God wants. A good conscience. Notice what I said. God is giving to us a good conscience. Now, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. Let's turn to First Timothy, the same chapter, chapter one, verse eighteen. Now he says, <clears throat> "Excuse me." This I charge. This charge, I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. I, feel, I think about a couple of weeks ago, on Wednesday they are, got the church here, we, we used prophecies. A lot of Christians don't understand some of these things. You take excuses, well I don't. The scripture speaks without respect of persons. You have to, we have to be very careful. What God allows, you cannot say, I, I don't allow that. That's rebellion. Just because I see somebody abusing it, if it's in the Word, you can't just turn your face and say, I don't want that. He doesn't like that. There were prophecies made. Listen, a lot of people don't understand what prophecies are. We have some prophecies this morning. But a lot of people don't understand the purpose of prophecy. I want to let you know what it is. It's not just somebody telling you the future and it's going to happen. No. Listen, we follow what Scripture says. Okay? According to the prophecies, I, this charge I commit to you. In other words, I want you to keep this, do this. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you. So, Timothy had received prophecies. Not just from Paul, but from other believers. And Paul says, don't forget them. Who's prophesied over your life today? Is Jesus not the same? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christianity, we want to make it modern. You can't make it modern. This is scripture. There's been a lot of prophecies over my life. And many of them have been fulfilled. I'm not going to stay away from this. This is good. And all Christians can prophesy. Hello? All of us can. It says that by them you may wage a good warfare. By what? By the prophecies. The prophecies upon your life, they are meant for you to wage a good warfare. Well you don't have any, but there are there's a more there's a more sure word of prophecy in this book. These are prophecies apart from those given to you by man, these are even more sure words of prophecy. And you can wage a good warfare with this. But look at what it says in verse 19. <clears throat> You also need faith. Just because you have received the prophecy doesn't mean it's just going to happen overnight. You need to wage a warfare and then you also need faith. But not just faith alone. Faith and what? A good conscience a second time. That's what it is. Not just conscience, but a good conscience. With some having rejected, they don't care about a good conscience, what has happened to them? They suffered shipwreck. Shipwreck of what? Their faith in Christ. Their Christian life. Because you don't want to maintain a good conscience. A good conscience is key to living a Christian life. Some, according to this scripture, they rejected that. They don't care about having a good conscience. If you don't maintain a good conscience, you are going to hurt your own Christian life. I want to talk about some of the things that a bad conscience will deliver to you, or uh, what I call a devi- defiled conscience. There is a good conscience and a defiled conscience. You want to live a Christian life, no games maintain a good conscience and some people don't care about that say, this is who I am why just God will accept me the way I am no not with a bad conscience he wants you to maintain that these are some of the things that will happen to you some of the symptoms if your conscience has been defiled and we'll talk more about what defies the conscience first of all the Word of God does not move you anymore before you hear the word of god and you're so moved it's like the video what did the pastor preach about this morning is um uh, well uh about jesus well everybody knows it's going to be about jesus who would you think they'll be preaching about the devil you didn't listen another thing people do is If you find yourself, every time you listen to the word, you are passing it to somebody else, you have a problem. Oh, oh, I wish this brother was here today. He needed that scripture. What about you? Oh, my wife's not here to hear the good message, Pastor Priest. I need my wife here. you needed more. (laughs) But that's the way Satan has deceived us. We always pass it on. <laughs> yeah, that brother needs us. No, you need it. Every scripture is good for edifying. Don't pass it on. So when you find yourself, the Word of God, you're not moved anymore, sometimes to tears, sometimes to laughter, sometimes to joy. And he, as He opens the scripture to you, and you can't help but going back, you've lost your first love. And the reason is your. Conscience is defiled. You know, when your conscience is defiled, it's like putting on your glasses, you know? If it's blue, everything is tinted what? Blue. And you see from that, and you think you're right. They're telling you, that's not the color. No, I see. No, you don't. Because your conscience is defiled. And we have to watch watch out for all of this. You struggle with regards to faith. You can't really believe God because your conscience is defiled. There's fear, there's frustration and all of that. You're very critical. You're critical. It's, It's so easy for you to find fault in other people. You can see it. And that's frightening. And you see that in the church. They can see everything. They even see some of their faults. Well, pastor, they say, oh, just talk, talk. It's easy to find fault. When you find yourself doing that, the Bible says love covers a multitude of things. You don't see it. They will have to draw your attention. Do you see what's going on before you can see it? Maybe it's so easy for you to see in your Christian brother, your wife, your sister, and all of it. You keep picking. You have a problem. It's not the other person deal with yourself first. Jesus put it this way. Why don't you take the beam from your own eyes? <laughs> you got the beam. You can see. Everything you see is out of selfishness. I want this person to change. Why? So that he can do what I like. <laughs> I the issue here. You change and then you see clearly. and can help the other person. So, when you keep finding fault and you see fault in everything, and so you keep moving from church to church because there's no perfect church. As soon as you join it, this church became imperfect. As soon as you join that church, you're looking for the best church. My church is carnal. I have people, it's like they are spiritual butterflies. They can always tell. As I went into that church, the Spirit of God is not here. Who told you that? Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name. And so you are better than Jesus, you can tell. <laughs> that's why I just say, could you go find another church, please? <laughs> find a church that's your type. And they are super spiritual. There's, there's nothing there. I can sense the spirit as soon as I walk in. No, you can't. You can't. You don't give me, I've been in this for a while. Sometimes some of those people, you get close to them, you find out how mean those people are. And that's why people who know them don't want to go to church. Because they talk, they talk, but there's nothing, there's no love there. There's no love there, no accommodation of people. No desire to help. Well, I don't want our church to be that way. Amen? That's why we're speaking today. We don't want that. Amen? I got to close because I'm way out of time. And I beg your forgiveness, okay? But I came up with ten things to tell you. <laughs> I tried seven so I could be spiritual, but I got more, so I went to ten. <laughs> Pastors always, I got seven truths I want to give to you, brothers. So you're up here. And if you don't shake your hand this way, you're not that spiritual. <laughs> yes, brother. that was a good sermon why don't you first be human he created you human amen Jesus was the most natural human being he was really human and that's always he said the son of man meaning in Hebrew I'm a man just like the rest of you and everybody including children when you show love the home is happy Everybody in the home is happy. When daddy comes in and everybody's looking for a place to hide, your conscience is dead. We're happier when daddy is not at home. You got a problem, daddy. Find out. If mom is constantly screaming and the kids says, mommy started again. We have a trouble. But one thing my wife and I have recognized, and it's been a real blessing. We are in love with each other real strongly. We've recognized this from the past. Uh, uh, many people didn't know that Angela and I, we used to really fight a lot. If you don't know that, talk to the kids. They'll tell you. <laughs> the kids see everything that's going on. Pastor or no pastor, amen, we fight, yes? But then we realize it seems like when we are more in harmony, more blessings come to our home. The kids do well. The family is okay. We're happy. We don't need all this rancor in the home. Perfect no. You're not going to fight over a toilet seat for two days and have third world war over a toilet seat? How significant that is. I told him he doesn't listen this room. <laughs> then they go this stuff is he's always always, <laughs> really, always <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they really mean this always stuff. You can't get them away from him. Did he do that yesterday? What about last week? No. But you always are telling you, always. Um, somebody's lying. Mm. You're laughing at me. I've been there. You've been there as well. <laughs> We've all been there. So show a little compassion, okay? Show a little accommodation, okay? Uh, for your own spiritual brother. It's the pastor, okay? okay. (laughs) Uh, We're supposed to have fun and love for one another as believers, amen? That's the way it's supposed to be. I'll continue with this message on Wednesday, so all of you come back on Wednesday. (laughs) okay? Stand up with me today. We're going to have a word of prayer before we receive our offering. This is one day I didn't come prepared for my offering. You want to help me? Mm.